Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. And don't take our word on Elixinol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's hemp balm, a topical pain reliever that's just one of their many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase will go to a nonprofit when you make your purchase today. And you get to choose the nonprofit, which is pretty cool. Well, Zach, it might be a little bit of a shorter podcast today because I'm not feeling too hot. And I wish... I could say it was from the cold snacks <laughs> from yesterday, but it's act- it's actual sickness. I'm not gonna lie, you look good, but you're not you don't sound a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna power through though. We couldn't <laughs> For the go people. If it was a normal day, maybe I would have taken it off, but since we already took off yesterday, <laughs> I didn't wanna I just couldn't do the people like that. I had to uh get on the podcast and give it the old college try. Is it hashtag for the community? Yes, 4TC <laughs> for the community. A 4TC, not 4TJ. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> uh, how was your fourth? It was fantastic. It was about as fourth as you can get. Started off with a little 4th of July run, then just hung out outside all day. Did you get the uh, crazy storms throughout the day? You know, what's funny is <laughs> uh, I read a tweet that said three years in a row in Colorado, on the 4th of July, it had been a high of 90 with no rain. And the tweet went on to say, what's crazy is the forecast this year is for a high of 90 with no rain. <laughs> I read that to the people at the barbecue I was at, at about 1. Yep. And then at about, actually maybe that was about 2. And then by about 3.30, it was hailing. <laughs> 
So. That's Colorado for you, right? Everyone's like, you jinxed it. I was like, I yeah. didn't tweet that. <laughs> the person who tweeted that jinxed it. I just relayed the information. And not only did it rain, but it did a very un-Colorado-like thing. It rained and hailed just on and off for hours. At least where I was. I mean, it, it was like, oh, okay, this will let up. We'll go, we'll go inside for a minute, come back out. No, it was for like four hours. Even during fireworks, it was raining and hailing. Didn't have that experience in Boulder. Mm, it was a quick lucky. one pass yep. through. Very Colorado. Um, the cool thing was there was an insane lightning storm going on during the fireworks. Mm. And where we went out to watch the fireworks was on a hill where basically you can see all of Boulder. You could see Superior. You can Dang. see Longmont. You can see Louisville. Any place in that kind of yep. chunk of the front range you could see all of the firework Ooh. shows. So you see that, and then the whole sky was just like lighting up oh, with an electrical man. storm. It was, was, it the, was it the best fireworks you've ever watched? You know what? No. Mm. Um, and that's because, my, this might be weird, my favorite part of the fireworks is the sound. Mm, yeah. Like I love just like being close to it and hearing the booms. And so the best fireworks ever are Coors Field. Like they do it right every time, no matter what. Yep. Um, so those are my favorite, but this was a cool, like different thing that I'll remember, you know, just being like, Oh, we right. can see like five different fireworks show. The sky was lighting up with lightning. So that was cool. Did you hear all the shows going off or was there no sound? Just like little, right. little pops, <laughs> nothing more. You kind of felt like a, a small ant in the world, right? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, Good time. It was muddy. I was bummed about that because <laughs> I wore my favorite white shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> they took an L for sure. Tell me they are a material that can wipe off. They are. Um, going to have to do something hesitation. about the laces. Ah, uh, yeah. Laces are, <laughs> yeah. are a problem right are those, now. Are those training camp shoes? Those, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that stupid tweet. I probably wouldn't have worn them if it wasn't for that tweet. Oh, man. Killing me. Uh, but, yeah. Other than I start, I could feel myself going downhill, mm -hmm. but I tried to power through it, which made me feel worse this morning. And you have a big weekend coming up too. I know, I know. Got a <laughs> wedding tonight. Got uh, Dead and Company at Folsom Ooh. Field on Saturday. I got to figure out a way to turn this thing around. And what is it? Sunday is laying in bed for thirty-six hours. That sounds fantastic. I feel like <laughs> I, I have something going on Sunday. It's terrible. Anyways. We, someone tweeted at us. Do you have who it is? I don't. You don't. Okay. Someone tweeted at us about the Madden rookie ratings. Uh, and so why don't we go over those, see where we stand. Um, we can't get mad about it because, of course, it's Friday, not Wednesday. <laughs> um, but we'll try to give our take on, on where we think these guys should be and, and how, how close Madden was to getting it. All right. And let's, let's, let's look at the Broncos and see where these guys stand. All right. Guess who the highest-rated rookie is of the Broncos? Noah Fant. Easy? Are you sure? It should be. It should be? I'm sure. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you are correct. Now, take your guess on where he is. I already saw it, but I'll be completely okay. honest. I forgot. Okay. Um, but if I get it right, I feel like <laughs> it was in my head. But I thought I forgot. I'm going to say he's a 74. Yeah, bingo. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I think that's going to go up. 
mm. once he gets out there on the field. Wait. Read me some of the um, – do you have some of the descriptors, like what he has in each category? I do. Awareness is a 73. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you really can tell that. Uh-huh. A speed, 89. Okay. To me, that seems pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty generous. Well, Not gen- but typically for rookies, they, they slight these guys a ton. I don't think he's slighted there. See, yeah, I think they slight them in the awareness category, which they think, <laughs> I guess, like, rookies are less aware. They don't know the playbook as well, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay, so what else? 89 speed. 91 acceleration. So okay. they're, give, they're giving them all the physical props. Agility, 89. Okay. Strength, 72. Okay. Oh, let's see. I can look at more. What do you want to know? Uh, catching. Catching. Let's see what that would be under. Wouldn't that be like CTC? Yeah. I'm trying to look at the uh, thing. I don't see it. C- okay. I don't see it. Oh, here we go. Catch. 78. Okay. That seems a little low. He dropped, he dropped some balls last year. So here's what I'm getting at here. The 90 speed, the 90 agility, the 90... Whatever the other thing, acceleration or 89. All of those things are going to be very useful in Madden from the Mm. tight end position. And the awareness thing and the catching is like how they're trying to knock him down as a rookie. Right. But if he goes out there and just starts making plays, they're just, they're going to have to bring him up. So I bet you by the end of the year, he's over an 80. That'd be good news. Absolutely. That would be very good news, and he should be too. I mean, a tight end that's picked in the first round should finish with with above an 80. TJ Hawkinson, the other tight end picked in the first round, he was given an overall grade of a 77. So, And, and everyone kind of expected that to be the case. TJ Hawkinson was supposed to be drafted first. TJ Hawkinson was supposed to be more ready right now, but a lot of people believe that Noah Fant had the higher ceiling. So that makes sense, and... Uh, how much is he going to be hurt by average or below average blocking this year in terms of a Madden rating? Uh, what was that again? If How much will he be hurt if he has an average or below average blocking season? Not at all. Yeah, it's not going to hurt at all. So he just needs to go out there and be the receiver. And that's why we've talked about, I think this is almost as much up to Rich Scangarello as it is to Noah Fant on how big of a season he's going to have. Is Rich Gangrel going to say, sorry, bud, you're not seeing the field until you can uh, fully grasp the entire playbook and until I can count on you to be a blocking tight end? Or is Rich going to say, look, I'm going to put you there at tight end sometimes, but I'm also going to spread you out wide. I'm going to put you in the slot. I'll put you in the backfield. I'm going to get you the ball as you work on blocking. Just go look at Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. Did anyone ever talk about, like, well, uh, his blocking's not that good? No. 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 He was a mismatched nightmare. No. And he just made plays all over the place. And that's what it's going to be with Noah Fant. And and there are some dumb football coaches out there who would say, like, I'm not putting you out there until you can block. I have full confidence that Rich Gangarello is not that guy. We've seen the stubbornness from from not this staff, but the Broncos staffs the past two to three years. And it makes me want to pull my hair out of my head. I don't believe Rich Gangarella will be like that. And I think we'll find out pretty darn quick because right now, if I'm giving the edge on who the starting tight end is of the Broncos, it's probably not Noah Fant come week one. But even if it's not Noah Fant come week one, I'm not bashing the coaching staff as long as Noah Fant's on the field all the time. 
Quick question. Should the Broncos have given Jeff Hireman that contract? Hmm. They were playing scared. They were, they were hedging their bets. Um, cause what, what happens if you don't give them that contract and you don't get Noah Fant? You have Troy from and Jake, Butt. that's true. I guess I just think in that situation, you could just go out and find a Jeff Hireman. I don't disagree with you. Jeff Hireman is nothing special. And $4 million is, you're not paying special money, but that's not low market money at all. No, and, and I mean, like, I don't know. I guess I've always tried to give him credit for his blocking. It is really good. And what you get from him is really good blocking and also speed. And that can help you in a, diff- in a, in a bunch of different ways. It hasn't helped you in the passing game. So... I just think if you were left with Troy Fumagalli and Jake Butt, you just go out and get a blocking tight end to add yeah. to the group, uh, and, and you're fine. I don't disagree with you at all, but we both know he was drafted, so he, he had a little more bias going his way. And it's funny. Do you, do you think that thought goes through John Noe's head? That he was drafted? Is it, is, it, um, is it a front-facing thought, or is it like subliminal? Like, does he think, like, does he ever think, like, if I don't re-sign Jeff Hireman, people will point to that draft class and say, none of those guys made it to their second contract? Up until, what, like 16 months ago? Absolutely, he was thinking that. Now he has moved on from a ton of guys. But I think, I think in the back of his head, he says, you know what? I'm going to go out and pay someone else $4 million. I might as well pay my own draft pick because it does, it does make me look good. It does help me. <sighs> I just think that I don't know if he has those thoughts. I think they, they are underlying. Mm. Like, it, so much of everything in sports is confirmation bias. Right. So if you want a guy to look good, you're going to point out his run blocking, and you're going to say this, and you're going to say that, and he's going to look better to you. If you, want, if you are doubting a guy, you want him to look bad, you're going to be able to point out all of his flaws. Right. So I don't know if it's, if it's outward. I just, I think there, it's the word is confirm, confirmation bias. Yeah, and that that's totally fair. It's crazy. Jeff Hireman and Noah Fant are almost the exact opposite players. Jeff Hireman, uh, you know what you're getting in him, and you know he's a good blocker receiving. There's a lot to be desired there, a lot left to be desired. And with Noah Fant, it's the opposite. You don't know what you're getting. You, this guy, for this year, could could set the league on fire or he could be very anticlimactic and not do much so it's really funny it's probably good to have that balance especially in one of them Noah Fant has such a high ceiling I know we've done this before but going back to my point of if I don't sign one of these guys first round pick Shane Ray gone Uh. second round pick Ty Sambrilo gone third round pick Jeff Hireman oh he's still here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fourth round pick max garcia gone mm. fifth round pick lorenzo doss gone sixth mm. round darius kilgo gone seventh wow. simeon also seventh torian nixon <laughs> also seventh josh Furman. they're all gone <laughs> every single one of them except for jeff hireman and what year is that 2015 that's not that long ago no that's this was their contract years oh boy wow yeah that's something else uh, will, fin- Jeff, will Jeff finish this contract? It's a two-year contract. Yes. I think if everything goes right, no. You're saying uh, Jake Butt gets healthy and, and he's a baller. Yep. Troy Fumagalli pans out. Let's just say one of those two guys steps up. And Noah Fant has, I'll just say, a good rookie season, an encouraging rookie season. 
Do you save $4 million and move on from Jeff after this year, or do you keep him around to have a good third option? I don't know. I mean, I think you you keep him around for this reason. (laughs) You signed him. No, don't don't have the John Elway mindset. Yeah, that's don't do the that. mindset. No. You signed, you paid him the money. You got to keep him around. I'm get, I'm I'm blaming this one on the sickness, Ryan. I'll let you have a do over. <laughs> uh, going back to these <laughs> these draft classes, I just can't take my eyes off of them. Are we going to be looking at this draft class in four years and saying that the third round pick of uh, of Draymond Jones is the only one that's around? Everyone <laughs> better hope not. I mean, I think like there's a lot of things you can point to as the as the fall of the Broncos, and and f- undoubtedly the quarterback position is is the f- forefront of all of that. Mm-hmm. But the the quarterback failure also has to do with this these draft class failures, and th- that to me is the number one reason why the Broncos are bad the last two years. And it catches up to you. Yeah, you don't see it coming. No. All of a sudden, <laughs> you had what 20 chances to add good players to your team and you miss on almost all of them wow and then when you put it like that it's not just missing on two draft classes it's missing on 15 to 20 players right and then like that was your best chance to improve right so if if you fail in that regard while everyone else got better or, or a lot of teams got better that's how you get surpassed that's how 11 wins happen in two years i mean Garrett Bowles, Demarcus Walker, Carlos Henderson, Brendan Langley, Jake Butt, Isaiah McKenzie, D'Angelo Henderson, Chad Kelly. <laughs> so you what didn't we, get better. N- none of those picks made you better. What do we have? Garrett Bowles, Demarcus Walker, and Jake, Jake Butt. Butt on the team. And only one of those guys has contributed. And you could make the argument that he made you worse. Right. Because <laughs> that was right after Russell Okung, right? Yep. And Russell Okung was not good. No. For the Broncos, at least. No. It's been a little bit better since. But Garrett Bowles is not better than him. So you, so the one player no, that's playing no. from that class has made, made you worse. And it's not inconceivable that he's the only one that still has an impact moving forward. Absolutely. Of course, the Paxton Lynch miss, that's part of the reason why you're here. Yep. If you, had, if you hit there, if you had, even if you got Dak Prescott, you are not winning 11 games over two years. At what point do we say... Okay, the Broncos have it. We're comfortable in saying the Broncos have fully recovered from that awful stretch, and not just the you know five and ten, six and eleven, but those draft classes as well. If you hit on this one, if you hit on two in a row, just like you missed on two in a row, then now you have that base, that base of talent that you needed to get. So, are we saying that at the next off season, that okay, the Broncos, the Broncos are back. They're kind of at an even level now. Yes. So I then so. in order for that to happen, you need to see just a one game improvement from last year or two games or Well, here's the thing. This is why 8 and 8 is acceptable this year. It's never good to go 8 and 8. Right. But it would kind of be symbolic. You missed on two draft classes completely. You sucked. Mm-hmm. Then you hit on two in a row. Now you're back to Right. even. And now you're you, trending in you the right direction. You hit again. Yeah. Now you're go like that sh- that's the only reason why 8 and 8 is acceptable or or desirable this year because it shows the progress okay now you're back to even go do it again and you're gonna be a you know a nine to ten win football team you know what that's a question of the week or a poll that we need to put out is as a broncos fan would you be happy with eight and eight this year Mm. because i think you're gonna get a lot of people that are gonna say 
Yeah, the word, yeah. And I think you're getting a lot of people that are going to say, no way. I think what you, what the poll question has to be is, if the Broncos go 8-8, eight and eight, you would feel blank. Mm, I like that. Happy or, or – or, the Broncos going 8-8 eight, eight and eight this year is acceptable – progress you know whatever we'll right. come up with with the right words there right because i think you know there'll be a middle answer and a good answer and then a below middle answer and a bad answer and i think middle to good is where most people would feel how would you feel let's let's say it's one to five three being average one being the best and five being the worst i would feel a three it's the same thing i'd feel a two I'd feel it too because it's trending up. Oh wait, one is the best. One is the well, best. Well, I'm still taking three either way. It's yeah, you're middle. just right in the middle. So, yeah. so you just feel average about an average season. Yeah, I, I mean, I just can't say it's that positive. I realize it's a two game improvement. It just feels like a tie. It feels like you played a game and it ended. In a tie. <laughs> but isn't that better than playing a game and getting your your butt handed to you? Like they have the past two years? Yes, but I was listening to uh, Mina Kimes the other day, and she said something that I thought was very, very smart. She said, I love teams who had a bad year because of injuries. And that's those are like always my bounce back picks. And the reason I say that is because, like, let's just say the Broncos go 6-10, and 10, but it's because, like, Joe Flacco got hurt. You know, I'll touch wood, but. Whatever, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons. Like, <laughs> you don't want to say more names? <laughs> no, not, I, you know, there's just a, some problems. <laughs> right. That cause things to go a bit awry. Isn't that technically better than everything being fine and you going eight and eight? Because you, you end up getting a high draft pick, not because your team wasn't talented, but because things went wrong for you. If you were the New England Patriots, where you've been up on the pedestal for so long, then it's so easy to point to that. And then all the fans feel exactly the way you're saying. But if you're the Broncos, where you're supposed to be this good for so long, and then you you take steps back for three years in a row and two really bad years, I don't think it would feel good. Or, or obviously not feel good, but even feel okay. I think fans well, have... it's going to feel terrible. I think the fans have to see an improvement, regardless of who gets injured. From a coverage standpoint. Oh. Is is eight and eight for us uh, a lot better than six and ten? No, no, not at all. I think it is. Oh, uh, six and ten, like you suck. Yeah, you really suck. Yeah, and so everyone is just so in the dumps because they put so much time into it and then they just suck. But then think about it for the draft. Got top ten pick. We're talking about eight and eight. We're talking about. 17 maybe there's like a really like everyone just has a pretty good season next year <laughs> eight and eight is a top 10 pick i don't know if that's even possible that'd be glorious yeah every team is what's the like 11 and 5 i wonder what or, the best yeah that's not possible yeah, yeah what's that, the best does it end up shaking out almost the same every year in terms probably. of the spread of records yeah probably that'd be an interesting study what's the best possible combination of records i guess it's all got to end up everyone going eight and eight is possible right that's the most average win that's the most average wins you could have yep that's the best your league could look yeah otherwise if you take the opposite look at it you can have that's so many teams at 14 and 2 and so many teams at 2, two and, and 14. 14 right yeah and it, every time it just averages out to eight wins yep 
<laughs> Wait. It has to. So the average stays the same every year. Right. The average stays the same. But yeah. what would that be like? The range the me- changes? Median? Median changes? Something. Yeah. The me- Some oh, math and, and the science range. The talk. range would just be eight. <laughs> right. The, me- <laughs> the mean is the average. The median is like... How far away from the average. So that would grow. <laughs> what are we even no- trying to figure out here? <laughs> well, what we figured out is that... Oh, the Broncos could. The Bron- if everyone went eight and eight, it would be it would go to a bunch of tiebreakers, and that's how the Broncos get a top ten pick. So they could either be a number one seed with a bye or the number one pick. Yeah, I wonder if that could actually work with the way you know how teams play each other. I'm sure it could. That sounds like a nightmare to try to find out. Could everyone go? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Could everyone- if everyone could go eight and eight, I think for sure. But like, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's definitely possible. That would be wild. <laughs> I mean, it'll definitely never happen. That no would be what. that would be the best eight and eight media coverage you could have. How freaking crazy! <laughs> Can you imagine us trying to decipher the tiebreakers <laughs> when the Broncos are like seven and eight going into oh, week sixteen? We're like, well, okay. So here's what happens: <laughs> if the Broncos win. Then, like, they do this, but they have to win by 37 oh or more points <laughs> to cover up the point differential. And if they do that, they're going to get the number one seed. But if they only win by one point, then they're going to get the number one overall pick. <laughs> that would be nuts. Sounds fun. That would be nuts. That would be a blast. Just, I can just imagine you being like, okay, I'm going to do, like, an article about all the scenarios <laughs> that can happen for the Broncos. It's 30,000 words. Yeah, you texting me and being like, dude. I don't think I can do all this. <laughs> There's no way I'd be able to do that. Like the only place I could probably do it is like 538. The Nate Silver thing yep. with all those statistics. Yep, exactly. Uh, well, that was a good <laughs> a good use of our time. We've, we've only made it to one player's ranking. Why don't we actually take a break? And when we come back on the other side, we will actually get to what we were trying to talk about in this segment. <laughs> What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here. And I got to tell you, about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, It's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from westward anyone else that's voting it's the place to be Uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world i recommend the nachos the green chili fries uh, the buffalo chicken wrap you name it they've got it and the location is perfect just two blocks north of course field and they have parking so go check out the blake street tavern project for any of our uh, accounting listeners show us how Give us a full spreadsheet of the breakdown of games that makes the entire NFL go 8-8. And, and then give us the odds on if you bet a dollar on that, how much you would win. Trillions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An amount of money that no sports book has. You would buy the Broncos. Yes. Oh. <laughs> sounds like a good bet all of a sudden. It's only a dollar, right? You Sometimes, you know, the juice is just too good. You can't pass it up. You're just like, you know what? Yep. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> then, you, then you start talking yourself into five. You're like, I mean, if I'll do one, I might right. as well do five. <laughs> that, then I get five times the profit. 
And you're like, oh, I'll probably regret it if I if I win and I didn't just put 20 on right. it. <laughs> and that is how you go broke, ladies and gentlemen. That, and that is why you <laughs> avoid gambling. But what if you win? I mean, it, just think about that. You're set for life. <laughs> you know what? Just throw a few, throw a $50 chip on that hard eight. Right, right. And yeah. if it hits, you know what? You're, you paid for your Vegas trip entirely. Oh, you're having fun tonight. If it doesn't, well, you'll probably forget about it later in the day. Anyway. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, man. I need to go to Vegas. I haven't been in years. Years? Years. You, it used to be an annual thing, right? Oh, it's a, a, sem, a multi-annual wow. thing. Wow. I think from age 21 to 24, I went to Vegas eight times. Woo. And I haven't been since. Wow. Wow. And it's not even because I don't like it. I freaking love Vegas. <laughs> like, I didn't, like, burn out on it or anything. Yeah. In fact, the last time I went was the best time I ever had in Vegas. Wow. In terms of winnings as well? <sighs> <It's> a, <laughs> we in, could go down this path if you want to hear. In terms of bring home, I should say? Yes. <laughs> and you didn't just use that for another trip? I should have. Yeah. I actually used it to um, survive when we started BSN. <laughs> not even kidding. <laughs> yep that's true man that's awesome yep long story short <laughs> a guy gave me a five thousand dollar chip <laughs> no joke he because pretty were, much the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life was it was it uh maybe that's why i don't go back because it's like how can i ever top that right someone tosses you a ten thousand dollar chip i need to just do exactly i need to try and replicate what happened yep which was essentially <laughs> <clears throat> i went into the, I was playing Pi Gal, which is about the lowest stakes game. <laughs> yep. And the dealer, I was like, oh, can you cover my chips while I go to the bathroom? He's like, oh, the the main bathroom is really far away. So just go through the high rollers room. And just if anyone questions you, just say like, Gerald said it was okay. Well, again, I'm cutting corners on the store here. I end up... <laughs> Sitting with this dude at a table because he called me over and was just like, look how much I'm winning. He was hammered. And he was up like something like $280,000. Oh, my god! He was just playing like $10,000 hands oh. of blackjack. And like he was obviously already having a good night. But when I sat down with him, which I thought was going to be like five minutes, he couldn't lose. <laughs> he probably won 15 out of 17 hands after I oh sat down. Oh, my gosh. And... The dealer was kind of like pulling for me. So he's like, man, this guy's your good luck charm. <laughs> and I'm like trying to convince this guy to cash out. Yeah. Because now he's up at like something like $400,000. Oh, my God. Like, can you even imagine? <laughs> uh, and I, I came to learn he was already very, very rich, which of course. Right. So it probably didn't even matter that much to him. Right. But as, he's, as I finally convinced him to cash out after he lost like four hands in a row... Uh, after the dealer changed, which he should have mm, known. Right. Right. I told him. Yep. You got to cash out now. You're going <laughs> to, the mojo is different. <clears throat> so then it, he ends up being like 15 of 21 with me there. And Pretty good. Just takes a chip off the top and just kind of like flings it at me. No way. Like Did it go in the air? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, bloop. Just, it, was, it wasn't even like here. Like I present you right, this medallion. Right. <laughs> he was like, here you go. And I caught it. I had no idea what it was going to be. And I just like looked down and it was like 5,000. Oh. I was like, are you, are you kidding? He's like, don't make a big deal out of it. I'm like, it's a really big deal. 
He's like, nah, man, it's it's whatever. Wow. Have a good night. Thanks. Wow. I'm just like, uh, okay. He's talking about how he's like going to give each of his kids $20,000 the next day just to like go have fun. Wow. This guy was living a different, different Did you life. then go and get drinks with him and celebrate? No, he didn't want like anything to do with me really after that. Yeah, you're just his good luck charm. Like I wanted to like give him a hug. <laughs> he was like, nah, man. Uh. Don't make this weird, dude. I guess the end, the end of this story is I go to cash out. <laughs> I'm alone, by the way, at this point. Yep. All of my friends have left because I ended up being in there for like an hour and a half. Yep. And my friends were like texting me like, what the f*** is going on? You're not allowed to text. <laughs> right. Oh, excuse my language. Uh, I'll go through it. I'll go bleep that out. Um, let's, let's see what the, the time stamp is so I can go, uh, go take care of that. 29 minutes. 29 minutes. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like walking away like a little from the table just to text my friends like, don't worry about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I kind of had a feeling like, something okay. good is going to happen to me if I stay here. Yeah. Um. So then I go by myself to the window, put the chip down. They're like, oh, how did you win this? And I'm like, actually, some guy gave it to me, <laughs> which set off some alarms for them. I was going to say, were they sketched out then? Yep. So they're <laughs> like, oh, we need to go review the tape. Oh. Where were you? I like, told them where we were. So they had to go watch and see him give it to me, not me take it. Wow. Yep. Wow. I mean, I guess if I would have just said... Oh, I was playing blackjack. Sure, right. So if you're ever stealing chips, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't tell, tell them someone gave it, it to you. <laughs> um, so they come, so they're gone for like 20, 30 minutes because they have wow. to go and like roll back the footage and find. Did it. you know what they were doing? Yeah, well, they're like, oh, we have to go watch the footage. So wow. I'm like, the whole time I'm just thinking, like, is there any way they come back and they're like, sorry, like, we can't pay you for this or like. Or what if there's, you know, policemen with them? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, like, I hadn't, I mean, I started, fr- I was like, there's no way this can be right. taken away from me. <laughs> right. You're like, was this the ultimate con on me? Right, right, right. <laughs> Eventually, I see the, the woman walking back, just a stack of 50 hundreds, and just lays it down in front of me. And oh, I was just my like, gosh. Oh my. It, it was this thick. <laughs> and, I, like, I pull out my wallet, stupidly, like... <laughs> And I just like put it in there, and it's there's the nowhere. Wall is not, no right. bend. The wall, the wall literally can't bend. So I didn't know what to do. I literally put it like in my hand, under my arm, and just walked out of the casino. <laughs> like I was so sketched. I was like, I'm gonna get robbed or like something. Like yep. I was freaking out. Got a. Just asked the cab driver to take me to the nearest Chase Bank, <laughs> and put four thousand of it in the bank, and wow. I kept kept a thousand for the rest of the trip oh that's amazing yep that is amazing i've heard that story um i've heard that story before and i've told that story multiple times because it's like that's like the best vegas story it truly is and, and again I, I feel like maybe there's like a subliminal thing in my mind that's like i can't go back because i just never never compare but i will i will go back unless you turn into that guy and you end up tossing yeah. someone five thousand dollars because you just won four hundred thousand that's true. How about that? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> the, the, the cl- it's so crazy in Vegas, the classes. Like, yep. It's like super rich people and like people who are like stupidly betting money yep. they don't have trying <laughs> to get it. Like, there's just, it's like you get the full spectrum. Yep, everything. I remember one time, and I'll stop telling Vegas stories soon. No, I like it. Keep going. <laughs> one time I was playing craps, and I don't know. I haven't played in so long. I don't remember all the terms, but I think – you, you want to play the pass line and this guy was playing the don't pass line. Okay. And so like 
usually in craps, like if everyone's cheering for the same stuff and making the same bets, it's really fun. Like yeah. you're with all your friends. Yeah. But this guy was like cheering when everyone else was sad. <laughs> but he, he was betting way more than us. Like he was betting like $100 chips on everything. Whew. And so like one time after like th- he hit like three in a row and I was like, come on. Or just like some like exasperation of like, this sucks. And he just goes, shut up. And just like frisbees a hundred dollar chip at me. <laughs> what? Cause he had just won like three in a row, a hundred playing, paying like three to one or whatever. Right. So <laughs> probably not three to one. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's one to one or whatever. Yeah. But he just won like 500 bucks and just like, was like shut up for you to keep yep for you to shut up yep and i definitely <laughs> shut up actually i just left the table <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but i won't talk to you anymore thank you so, so now you to, can know my friends your, that had to cover your losings yep oh oh like yeah tenfold yeah. <laughs> and now you know why my friends are annoyed at my stroke stroke of stroke stroke of luck is that a thing strike of lightning Stroke, stroke of, of lightnings? I don't know. I think streak I of luck. There it is. Oh, streak of luck. <laughs> the brain's a little foggy. Today. Or they just need to keep you around. They need to keep you even closer so that when you go to the bathroom, they follow you. And uh, No, you got to let... You can't mess with the energy. <laughs> but I did like uh, the next day. Like My friends did benefit from it. The next day right. after the guy gave me all that money... <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to the pool to like meet up with some friends, and a couple of my buddies were like, oh, we're gonna like go get breakfast in the hotel, and I was like, whatever, and just threw them a hundred dollars. Knock yourselves out. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you feel pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I still have a video of me making it rain in the hotel room. Oh my god, that's amazing. I was like, someone's got to record this slow mo (laughs) video. I want to make it rain. I've never been able to do this. Just fifty. It was it was a long cleanup. So kind what of regretted it, it, but the video was cool. What is that, 2050s? No, it was 5100s. 5100s? Okay, so you had 10 100s. Yeah. Back in the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty go. impressive. So I just, yeah. Did, did 10 100s fold in the wallet? Uh, I actually just started putting them in my jacket pocket. Smart. I was like, oh, I'm just going to need to wear a suit jacket now. I'm, I'm that kind of guy at this point. All right. That is amazing. Rookie ratings. Rookie ratings. How just did we as, get here? Just as fun and exciting, yeah, right? seriously. Um, so I think we exhausted Noah Fant. Yes. 74, good. He'll probably be up at 80. Number two, who's the second highest rated rookie? feel like we're going to go in order here. Dalton <laughs> Reisner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dalton Reisner, what is his rating? 71? Lower. Eesh. Yeah, 69. In the 60s. Nice. Yeah, nice. In the 60s. That's really bad news for the Broncos if that's the case. You're starting left guard, who I believe may be your best offensive lineman this year, at some point this season being a 69? What's the what's the problem here? Are we too optimistic, or they or they don't know Don Reisner? I feel like mm. I would like to think that we know more about the Broncos rookies than just people who are making arbitrary ratings. I would hope so. I would hope so. And so let's let's go through the specifics. Seventy four awareness. Again, what the heck does that mean? Have you ever seen the the letter from the guy who got last who had the worst <laughs> yeah. rate. I think we probably talked about this last yep, year. Yeah. Yeah. The best part is he had like a 41 awareness. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What does that even mean? You think I just don't even know how to tie my shoes?" 
We'll actually see who has the lowest awareness of these guys after we go through them. Speed of 62. I, okay. I don't know what other offensive linemen are. Acceleration of 76. That seems like some good get off, yeah, right? Get out and move on the on the run. Some Agility, poles. however important this is. A 61. I assume most offensive linemen are in the 60s and 70s. Strength, 87. Okay. Seems pretty good. Uh, run blocking, I believe, is what this is. 76. Sounds great. I think that sounds that sounds fine. Uh, another blocking, a 71. I think this one's pass blocking, a 74. Those are the only three things that matter. So wouldn't he? shouldn't he be a 75? Yeah. Which is Go right in the middle of 76, 74. But I think they don't want the rookies to be rated very highly, so they just knock them down with awareness, which brings <laughs> down there. But his awareness is a 74. Oh, okay. So where is he getting killed here? I don't know. Was What was the one that was 61? Agility? Agility, 61. Speed, 62. Speed doesn't matter. No. No. I mean... But again, is it just an average? How do they do these things? I have no idea. I'm trying to see... It could be uh it could be his uh do you know what a PAC would stand for? I think it has nothing to do with his position. PAC um after catch. Uh, something after catch, yeah. It's a 6. <laughs> <laughs> PAC. I'll uh I'll tell you who is good at. Oh, no one's good. Mm. Quarterback. It's a quarterback thing. Oh, Pass. Passing accuracy? That's what it's got to be. Yep. Okay. So maybe it's that. They're knocking for the for the accuracy. Can you imagine? <laughs> if you had a, like you or me for sure have better than a six passing accuracy. Oh, God. I'd hope so. Yeah. Did you see a video resurfaced uh, yesterday of John Elway in 2005? So seven years after he retired. Yeah. Participating in like a quarterback competition where you like had to hit these moving targets was he killing it oh my god dude. <laughs> i was like i haven't seen an arm that strong since john elway ever yeah. <laughs> like in seven years after he retired this dude wow. is ripping the ball and this isn't a guy that could do a ton of physical activity after he retired i mean he retired because his body was shot yeah he, his arm was fine wow he should have just gone into the peyton manning offense he probably could have won two more <laughs> yep don't expose the body. Unbelievable. I mean, the arm. I don't. N we talk about Drew Locke's arm. Nope. Nowhere close. Joe Flacco's. No. Just the power. Yes, dude. The, I mean, obviously, I feel like he's probably showing off a little bit, especially like kind of trying to relive the glory days. What was he? Forty-five. Seven years. He was about yeah, seven. Retire at thirty-eight. Forty-five, dude. <laughs> This man is throwing like 100 mile per hour fastballs <laughs> into the targets of football size. Footballs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To moving targets. They ha and they had like the little blue chalk on the end of the ball so that you could see where it hit. I'm sure he said he wasn't sore after. I'm sure he was very sore after. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So we think Dalton Reisner should be 74, 75, 76. By the end of the season, I would say he's in the mid to high 70s. I say he's high 70s. 70, no, I say he's in the 80s. Wow, that'd by be the, a huge By jump. the end of the season, maybe a straight-up 80. Again, I think he has a chance to be the Broncos' best offensive lineman. All right, next one. Like you said, we're just going in order here now. Draymond, no, we're not going in order. That's out of order. That's out of order. So I'll ask you if it's more... Res uh, it's kind of. Draymond Jones and Andrew Locke both at 67. Okay. Um, the disrespect to Drew Locke, or is that 
props to Draymond Jones. Oh, it's no one can say it's props when you're a 67. <laughs> That's a D. You got a D in class. D plus. That's true. Wait, is a 60 so 67 is a D plus? I think so. Depends, I guess. I never cared enough about <laughs> my grades. No, plus or minus. I, my goal is just to not fail. <laughs> wow. If we're looking at the Broncos class in that light, they have one C. The rest are Ds. Wow. They have like a 1.2 GPA. <laughs> Good job, John Elway. <laughs> uh, Drew Lockett is 67. That sucks. Yeah. Because if he – like. I assume if he had to play, he would go up. But where are they gonna like? Are they gonna where are they gonna bump him up to next year if he becomes a starter? If he didn't play at all, so doesn't he have to stay the same? Yeah, they they you're right. They would give him a bump though to what seventy four? Maybe yeah. Just what we call that the sophomore bump. Would seventy four be better than anything the Broncos have had post Peyton Manning? Maybe even including Peyton Manning's last year. No, no. You don't think so? Or no, I think it would be. Yeah. I think it'd be better. Yeah, I don't yeah. think the Broncos have had anything like that. Nope. Trevor Simeon was Trevor at for, best for 70. stretches. He would be an eighty-two, only for stretches. For an entire season, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't in the eighties. It's hard to, I guess, quantify game by game. Like the game against the Bengals, where he had like four touchdowns. Where he started the season six touchdowns, one interception. Everyone started talking about extensions because <laughs> they had Brock Osweiler, like. PTSD. Yep, exactly. Just extend him now. We'll never have to worry about it. Thank God they didn't do that. Imagine if Trev was still on like year four of that five-year deal right now. He would only... Oh, man. <laughs> Expensive backup. People are saying like, oh, you could just get him for $12 million. It'll be a bargain deal. It's really, really expensive. A lot of money to pay for bad quarterback. Yep. Okay, so we'll, we'll say Trevor was a 68 Okay. Across his time. Sure. Paxton Lynch doesn't crack the 60s. He doesn't crack the rankings. He's a 59. The ratings. Yes. Um, Case? Case was like a 71. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Drew Locke goes – I mean, if Joe Flacco can just be a 75 this year. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's Talk plenty. about being okay with mediocre. That is, that is a solid passing C. So the, only the rookies are out. That's the only reason we're talking about them. The other ones drop in a week or two. What should Joe Flacco be, realistically? I bet you he's like a 78. Yep. I think that's, I think that's what it'll be. And if they get 78 out of him, we'll be elated. Where do you think that'll rank among starting quarterbacks? Um, middle bottom. I think it'll be bottom six. Really? Yep. I mean, we don't need to go through everyone, but... I guess he'll be above all the rookies. So maybe that helps. Be above all the rookies. Will he be above like a Sam Darnold? No. You think Sam Darnold's like an 85 this year or something? Yep. Or at least in the 80s. 82. Uh, Josh Allen, probably 79. And Joe Flacco's a 78. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, Baker, I bet they have him like an 89. He's got to be. Yep. Um, Kyler Murray, they're yeah, I think I, someone... I thought it's awesome one post Kyler Murray. He Kyler's was, in here since he's a rookie. You want to know? Yeah. What would your guess be? I I remember reading it and being like, they slighted my guy. Seventy three. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. Do you have a ninety nine speed? Um, give me a second on that one. Uh, number two quarterback. Can you guess who that would be? 
Number two quarterback rookie. Yep. I know it's not Daniel Jones. It's not. They crushed Daniel Jones. They destroyed Daniel Jones. So who was the third quarterback taken? Second. Second quarter. Or third, yeah, third quarterback taken, exactly. Oh, um, what's his face? Dwayne. Yep, Dwayne Haskins. Yep, exactly. He's a 72. Um, I'm just trying to pull up Kyler Murray. So 99 speed, huh? That's what he should have. Mm, try 91. Mm, nope, that's wrong. <laughs> and they say he's stupid. They give him a 65 awareness. He should, I mean... I feel like they just don't want – they can't give him the speed that he deserves because it'll be a cheat code in Madden, just like Michael Vick was. Right. You can't stop Michael Vick. You just run four verts, you wait for the defense to clear out, and then you just run to the edge and no defenders can catch him. Yep. <laughs> and that's why they can't get – I mean, Kyler Murray would probably be – like, if he ran in that 40 thing that they had, I think he would won. I think he would beat Marquise Goodwin. Why did he not? I don't know. Quarterbacks don't do stuff like that. He should. He should have broken the mold. Like maybe, Mar- maybe Marquise Goodwin's faster than him. I mean, he's like Olympic level sprinter, right? Um, but like, give me like the three top fastest wide receivers, then Kyler Murray. Yeah. Like Tyree Kill, Marquise Goodwin, one other guy, Kyler Murray. Where do you think Daniel Jones falls in terms of rookie quarterbacks? He's below Drew Locke, right? He's oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Do you know, right? Off yep. the top of your head? I'm going to say seventh. Close. Sixth. Oh, my God. But, so they have those, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Will Greer, who I know is your favorite, ahead yeah. of him. <laughs> this one is so, so bad. Jared Stidham. He just edged out Easton Stick. Ah, Yes. But Tyree Jackson, an undrafted quarterback, beat out the number five overall pick. All right, now they got carried away. <laughs> that's garbage. In actually. the disrespect for yeah. Daniel Jones. Yep, yeah, that's actually garbage. <laughs> so they would rather have what? What Madden is saying is they would rather have an undrafted quarterback above the number oh six pick in the draft. Yes, six pick in the draft. That's garbage. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. What do they love so much about Tyree Jackson? His height. I like, don't know. I, I am the as low on Daniel Jones as anyone can be. I watched both of those guys <laughs> on the same field Yeah, for two days. Yeah. I can guarantee you that Daniel Jones is better than Tyree Jackson. If you were told you had to pick one of them. I, I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer that you would take the, Daniel I, Jones. I completely agree. But isn't that disrespect crazy? It is. Like, And here's the thing that you have to keep in mind when you're listening to us evaluate players. Like, we're kind of grading on, a, on the curve of where other people see them. Right. So, like, we talk about Daniel Jones being trash because he's being graded on the curve of a top 10 quarterback. Right. But He's not actually trash. Right. <laughs> compared to Tyree Jackson, who in the spectrum of undrafted or late <laughs> round quarterbacks is actually pretty good. Right, right. There is a, a seven-round gap between those two. <laughs> or at least from our mind, we thought Daniel Jones should be like a second-round pick. So right, we're, you know, a six-round <laughs> gap there. A 48-hour difference in when they're picked. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> now you're a little, a little ahead of yourself. So what do we think of Drew Locke being a, a 67? Aw- uh, uh, we'll go through the numbers. Awareness, 62. Speed, 83. He's... 
almost as fast as Kyler. That's a joke. Acceleration, 86. Boy, they think some fun offense is coming to Denver. Agility, 80. Strength, 68. Uh, how would I get the – what do we think passing is? PAC, right? I thought that was pass accuracy. Okay, accuracy. He's an 80. Wow, that's it's not too bad, right? That's kind of generous. <laughs> uh, what do we think other passing is? Pass strength or yeah, what would that be like? PS pass power PP PP. So it's, it's three. There's three. Oh, there's all of them are three. All of them are three. PPO PRS definitely not. You hope not. It was a nineteen. PRS <laughs> is a pass receiving strength. Ooh, should we see the power move? Don't think that's a power move. He'd be at a 63. That'd be kind of impressive, right? For what? A power move? I don't know. I think that is, is that. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't either. Anyways, this is awful um, podcasting right here. I can't. It, this is also awful formatting by Madden. Blame Madden. Don't blame us. But an 80. 80 pass accuracy, if that's what that actually is. Maybe <laughs> I'm going to guess it is. Maybe it's pass. P-A-C. Pass. I mean, it can't be after completion. No, no, no. Pass. Ac- it has to be pass accuracy. Yeah. Has I, to. Ha- I mean, I don't know. I feel like that they would not have given him an 80. No. Or else, unless say it is an 80, then he should for sure have an in the Can 70s. I see this? <laughs> Let's see what I can get here. <laughs> I thought, no. Oh. Isn't ACC? Oh, that's acceleration. Okay. Right, exactly. Oh, I see this. You got to click on the plus. You just got a uh, notification to make sure you check in for your haircut. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so bad. Yeah. Isn't it terrible? Maybe the computer's got a better setup. BCV? Ball carrier vision. There we go. You knew that one? That's just a guess. SFA? No idea. It's like we're looking at colleges. TRK? Truck. Okay, okay, okay. This is... Spin... I have no clue. <laughs> Power? Is that what it is? PWR? P-O-W. It's 19. Oh, God. <laughs> Get this. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next, uh, next draft pick. Dan- or, uh, Dwayne... Or, no... Draymond Dwayne, Jones. <laughs> Daniel, Dwayne, Draymond, you know. 67. Fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, I think we can kind of look at the rest of these guys. Tell me what is he... his uh, – we don't know. <laughs> say, what is his, like, pass rushing capability or something? We is can, that, we can try to find is? it. We can try to find it. <laughs> um, we could just go through all 30 of these. MRR. Madden <laughs> running rating. Noah Fant is okay in it, and Dalton Reisner is terrible in it. What do you think that would mean? It's got to be something to do with speed and agility. I, don't I, know. I have no idea what these are. Ooh, injury. I'm curious what they'd have Michael Porter Jr. Oh, don't bring that up. I just, I'm curious. How would they judge these things? So injury, if you're a hundred injury, does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. You're good or you're bad. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what these guys are injury wise. Noah Fant, 89. It's, it's gotta be a hundred. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Dalton Reisner, 85. 
Uh, Drew Locke in 94. Wow, so durable. I guess that's because he was a four-year starter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So, Justin Hollins, Mm -hmm. 66. At this point, I just think they're just throwing numbers out there for guys. They have to be, especially with this next one, Juwan Winfrey. They don't have much to go off with him. Mm-hmm. 65? I bet you, but I actually disagreed with your uh, rookie projections. Mm. Who are the... You had Justin Hans and Bo- and Juwan Winfrey both listed as special teams contributor. Yep. Look at, that. Look at us repurposing content. Yep. I think both of them will have bigger roles than that. Okay. Okay. What? Um, I think Juwan Winfrey will have double-digit catches. Okay. And I think uh, Justin Hollins will be a I, – I don't, I don't really know snap numbers. I bet you he plays like 20% of snaps. At what position? See, we don't even know Hybrid. the position. We don't even know the position. Neither does the offense. That's the point. <laughs> He's just out there. They put him out there in pass rushing situations where he can either spy the middle or – Rush the passer. If he's getting out there this year, it has to be an outside linebacker. It, it's going to be a, a hybrid. <sighs> I think there's too much of a learning curve. They're going to give him like just the middle zone. Just get the middle zone. 20%? That's a lot. Maybe 15. I, I don't know. what like. It's... So you think he's going to uh, take snaps away from who? Um, Josie Jewell. So you think he's the replacement for Josie Jewell in sub packages? Not not full time, but some of the time. Yep. Wow. I'm gonna say fifteen percent. I'd be very impressed. I'd be very surprised by that. I think they they think they had one on the league here, and mm. I guess they could be wrong. Maybe no, maybe they do though. I just think it'll be next year or the year after. Okay. Yeah. And then Jawan Winfrey, you don't see him being the fourth receiver. He could be. Who is the fourth receiver in your mind? Right now. Tim Patrick. Oh, right, right, right. Tim okay. Patrick's the fourth. Then the so, fifth is, the fifth is Juwan Winfrey. Okay, so he's the fifth. I mean, the fifth. Who was the fifth last year? Tim Patrick? Who was the first and second? I don't even well, just, know. Just, I mean, at the beginning of the year. DT, Emmanuel, Cortland, Deshaun, Tim Patrick. Yeah. wonder how many catches Tim had before Emmanuel went down and DT was traded. And also, you're going to have Five. better tight ends. It's true. That's why I just don't. He could he could be a guy though that at training camp blows he, up. He takes off and yeah. he's he's fighting for the third. If not, he he's the fourth fighting for snaps at the third. I mean, I've told the story before, but when he was in fall camp at CU before he tore his ACL, people were losing their minds. They're like, "This is the best receiver we've had here in a long time." Wow. And this is at like right after like Nelson Spruce was there. Right. Nelson Spruce is the all-time Pac-12 leader in receptions. Wow. Yeah. Um. So we'll see, you know, can he regain that form? And obviously that's against college guys and you got to go up to the NFL. There's a lot of stuff going on for him. I just think, I don't, I don't feel like I'm being a homer saying he's going to get <laughs> double digit catches. I think, you know, if he's healthy, his talent will allow him to go out there and make some plays. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, I like the disagreement though. It's always good. When and content creating content. Two more here, Ryan. There is kind of some random ones. Okay. Elijah Holder. They decided to give a grade to, I haven't noticed him at all this offseason. So they must have just picked him because he was the highest paid undrafted rookie. Okay. 59. Ah. Major disrespect, or is that about right? Would you rather just not be rated? Yeah. <laughs> Once you're in the 50s? 
Remember, Philip Lindsay was not on this list when yep. it was released last year. That is wild. They they chose wrong, didn't they? Yep. They have another undrafted guy, Brett Rippin, fifty six. He's almost half of what Tom Brady's going to be. But he's might as well almost be as good as Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. What is Daniel Jones? What was his rating? Sixty one. Sixty three. Oh, okay, okay. So he's got a ways to go to catch old DJ. <laughs> yes, and. DJ has a ways to go to catch DL, Drew Locke. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. All right, let's uh, take a final break here. When we come back on the other side, we will get to your questions. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have Prefer people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Really not going to end up being a, uh, a short one here. No surprise. Vegas stories really took up a chunk <laughs> there. Um, why don't we get to the questions right away? All right. First question coming in from Steve at Water Hall of Fame. He says, I found myself watching Philip Lindsay highlights from last year and cannot wait to see how much he develops in year two. I really feel like his heart and he's the heart and soul of the 2018 Broncos. Oh, the heart and soul of the 2018 Broncos rested heavily on three players: Philip Lindsay, Emmanuel Sanders, and Chris Harris Jr. After they got all got injured, it felt like the team was deflated. Luckily, we get to see them all back in orange and blue for one more year. Well, yeah, I mean those are the three of their four best players. Right. Exactly. Right. It's Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr. Phil, Emmanuel Sanders, Philip Lindsay. You think Vaughn's not the heart and soul? I guess uh, Bradley Chubb. Is Bradley Chubb a top four? Is, are you putting him in there over Emmanuel or Philip? Right now, yeah. Okay. So that yeah. makes Phil. Are you putting him over Phil? Or Emmanuel. Who knows if Emmanuel's back? I get last year. Oh, comparing just last year? Like when they lost those guys, they lo- did they lose three? They lost three of their four best players? Yeah. Yeah, probably okay. probably safe to say. What do you think? Yeah, at, at least you, you could say at the very least three of their five best right, players. Right, exactly. The team was already not good. <laughs> yeah. And then they lost most of their best players. Exactly. He goes on and says, with the inevitable departure of Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders, who do you see filling their void next year? Um, well, you're going to need Bryce Callahan to step up uh, from a corner role. And be a an every down or every slot type of guy. You know, you can play him outside and inside. You need Yadam. You have to have Yadam. That's my guy. You have to. 
you've tried drafting these guys and they haven't panned out. Or I, I'm not saying Yadam hasn't panned out. Brendan Langley clearly didn't pan out. You have to have one third round corner pan out, and he's the only one left on your team. Someone we ha- we had this conversation a while back about corners they drafted that didn't work out. And one that we never brought up was Kayvon Webster. Mm, they yeah. have not had good luck with, no. with drafting corners. No, not at all. And this will be his time. Year three, that's his. That's really his time to step up. You're saying when when Chris leaves. Yep, yep exactly. Exactly. And Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, it's got to be Deshaun. It's got to be Cortland fills the, you know, that was the whole plan all along, right? Yep. Cortland fills the Demarius Thomas void, and then Deshaun fills the Emmanuel Sanders void. Exactly. It, it has to be. It has to be. All right, next one coming in. And, and that's the crazy thing, Zach. We had this conversation earlier in the podcast. You have to draft and get these right. Because if you don't, you're going to suck. Yep. So if Deshaun and Cortland don't become true, you know, tried and true NFL receivers this year, you are in a scary spot going into next year. Yeah, you are. You really you really are. Cuz then what do you know? Are you really drafting another receiver at high in the draft? Or are you just spending big money in free agency? You're doing something. LaVisca, baby. Number one receiver. <laughs> After you go eight and eight and you have the number one overall pick? Yep. There you go. No, uh, <laughs> maybe you go seven and nine. And if you go half seven. Half the league goes seven and nine, half the league goes nine and seven. Then you can go wide receiver first round. I'll allow it. All right. <laughs> Next one coming in from Bronco Biker 5280. He says, I too must respectfully disagree with Ryan. Emmanuel Sanders would have not dominated in the 60s for three reasons. I read this already, but I can't wait to respond. Yeah. <laughs> one, Mr. Sanders, had he been around in the 60s, would have been a product of the 60s. He would have not had the benefit of the physical training he grew up in and still has and still has no hit for insurance. He's saying, for instance. Oh, for instance. saying like oh, he wouldn't ha- he w- there's no such thing as high-intensity interval training. Got it, got back it. Then. Right, right. Keep going. Exactly. I'll, I'm not going to respond until the end. Number two, he also wouldn't have had the dietary knowledge we enjoy today. The players of that era smoked on the sidelines and were known to have a beer or two during halftime. We would have to expect that Emmanuel would, would have done the same. Still, you want to you just wait for three? I'll wait for the end. Okay. Three. The pass interference rules of the era essentially consisted of the same rules for fouls that you and Zach are using when you play at the gym. The receiver could not only be tackled early, but the safety was legally allowed to make make out with his wife and teach his kids how to ride their bikes. I'm only exaggerating a little. Okay, do you know what I'm going to say? Do you no. think you know what I'm going to say? No, I have no idea. That's the point. You prove the point. I'm not saying Emmanuel Sanders is born in the 60s and goes through life in the 60s. I'm saying Emmanuel Sanders gets in a time right. machine today, right. goes back to the 60s, and dominates. Right. Because he has all of that stuff that you right. said he wouldn't have back right. then. Yep. This isn't an that. Right. We're not thinking of these players in terms of the 60s and bringing them the whole up po- to life here and having them grow up in this and then how good they be. No, it's what they were to take that player as they were, bring them now and see how they compete or take Emmanuel Sanders, go back 40 years, drop him there and see how they compete. Exactly. So that that's the whole point is that's right. the reason why Emmanuel Sanders would dominate the sixties because he has all of these advances. Yes, that's so, exactly so right. You're, in your world where you're thinking like he has to go be born in the sixties, you're right. He would have just ended up like all the other guys. Right. Um, and he probably, you know, just based off his athletic ability, probably still would have been really good. But the point is 
while those guys are smoking cigarettes and drinking beers, he's on like a perfectly curated diet for his abilities. He is doing high intensity interval training. He's doing all this stuff. And he's light years ahead of everything they're doing. Exactly. He goes on and says, to jump in on the top 100 stuff, if we're going to add a part, add a part-time starting quarterback with sub-50% completion rate and passing yards of less than 2,000, may humbly suggest Marlon Briscoe. Mr. Briscoe was the first professional African-American starting quarterback, and he had started first for the Denver Broncos. This is a major moment, not just for our team, but for also the history of football, and yet it goes completely unremarked, particularly by the team. Isn't that weird? That's very weird. Like, it's not, it's not comparable quite to, like, Jackie Robinson. Right. But especially with, I mean, there's still a divide. Huge. In terms of uh, you know uh, African American quarterbacks and white quarterbacks, there's still way more white quarterbacks, um, and you know some people have made the assumption that when these kids are young, and their coaches see them and they're super you know agile and talented, the coach sees you know a, a young Af- African American kid and says, oh okay, well you're gonna play wide receiver or running back. Whereas if it's a white kid, they're saying, oh you're gonna play quarterback. Right. So it's like a systematic thing from the bottom up. I mean, you're totally right, um, Bronco Biker, in saying that it's it's not really celebrated. It gets brought up, you know, once in a while, mm-hmm. something that everyone knows. It might be cool to, you know, go do a, little, a deep dive on his story. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be really cool. So good, uh, good for bringing that up. He says, anyways, good job as always, boys. Can't wait to see you at the draft. Happy fourth. Can't wait to see you at the draft. And Ryan, he signs off with two things. ML and R. Happy fourth. I'm sure you know what ML. Much love and respect. We're going with it. I I love it. And he says Jed Wyatt had a girlfriend the whole time. Do you know what he's talking about? I have no idea what he's (laughs) talking about. You clearly haven't done your homework that you promised us. Start watching The Bachelorette. I do. I do need to do that. Did you know it was a Bachelorette reference? I had no idea. No. I I thought we were talking about like an old quarterback reference. Jed Wyatt. Which I'm happy it wasn't. Uh, Yep. I liked Jed. I was a Jed fan at the beginning. Mm, And he had a girlfriend, huh? I don't think that ever gets uh, exposed on the show. It has since come out from like a tabloid. Wow. He's just on it for the fame? Yep. Jed Wyatt's a pretty good name. The scary thing is he's he's in the Final Four. He could win. And he has a girlfriend the whole time? If you ask me, he's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Wait, wait. Explain this. He's winning the show. Like, and he's, like, she's, of all the guys, I think she's in love with him the most. And it came out. Well, because it's not live. Right. They've recorded right. this four months of ago. Of course. I, yeah. Okay, so. Oh, he has a girlfriend now. No. It, <laughs> <laughs> some girl came out recently okay. and said, I was dating Jed while he was on the show. She also said when he got back, he never talked to me again. Oh, wow. Which, to me, is a little bit scary. Because that might mean that he won. Doesn't it mean he won if he was dating her? That's the that's what's concerning. I wonder if... I don't even know who the Bachelorette's name is. Hannah. You think she knew? No. Wow. Not at all. Wow. And so, apparently, this this girl claims that Jed, who is a singer, he always pulls out his guitar and uses it to serenade <laughs> her and whatnot. She, he told her, like, I'm just doing it for the publicity for my singing career. Which, now that I know that, 
I can't help but notice that he always grabs his freaking <laughs> guitar and tries to like show off his skills. He kind of has like a Justin Timberlakey thing going okay. for him. Okay. With like a high pitched type of voice. Um, Is it good? Is his career gonna take off? I'd say if if it was a Madden rating, he'd have a <laughs> seventy eight. Oh, okay, okay, Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways. I I really liked him until I f- I learned that information. Now I, I I my view on him has changed entirely. Mm, yeah, I'm just really hoping that she doesn't win. And and now that I know, like it just changes everything. <laughs> she told him she's she told him that she loved him. That's the first one she said that to. Wow. And his reaction, not not good. No. And it's it's the relationship stuck. Yeah, I mean I don't think she noticed it. She's blinded. Oh no. Blinded by the love. Blinded by the voice? Yeah. And so, like, she's like, I love you. And he just kind of like, oh. And he's, like, said it to her. But you think if, like, someone says that to you for the first time, you're, <laughs> right. like, light up, you know? Right. He looked very uncomfortable. Oh, wow. Because he had this lover back I think back she said, home. I'm falling in love with you. Okay. Yeah, all that, all that lingo is interesting. Right. That, that could be a, I mean, a whole, there could be a whole podcast about that. What if someone told you, what if someone said, I'm falling in love with you and uh, you respond to, or vice versa. They were, resp- you told them I'm falling in love with you. And they said, I love you too. Would you be like, Whoa, I didn't say I love you. You're like, <laughs> I said, I'm falling. I was 65%. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> That's, I mean, so I'm falling in love with you is not as strong as I love you. Right. Doesn't it feel like m- more though? Right. It does. It does. Cause you're putting like your bot, your, your, your everything on the line when you say it kind of. Yeah. What do you think of just the love you? Is it different than the I of I love you? 100%. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but once you're like into a long-term relationship, it doesn't matter right, anymore. Right. But at the beginning though? Or like um, if someone says I love you and you responded like L-U-V-U <laughs> number two. That's a slap in the face. It is. That's <laughs> like a, I'm saying this to appease you, but... I can still consciously say I didn't actually say it. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my homework. You gotta. I'm gonna do my homework. Take it's the an, weekend. It's, it's an entertaining homework, right? Oh yeah, of course. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. He says, "Happy Fourth, y'all. Just about to listen to a podcast by the guys at Bleacher Report ranking the 32 front offices. I'll be sure to report back just in time for the next We Get Mad Wednesday. Winky. Can't face. wait for that." Yeah. What would your guess be? One being the best, 32 being the worst. 20. They've won a Super Bowl. And everyone loves to pile on the Broncos. Well, this would be a this if they're 20, that's definitely worthy of we get mad Wednesday. We'll look forward to it. Mm. I think they could be as low as 25. What does uh 26, maybe 27? Whoo. What do, what do you where do you rank? Uh, oh, because they'll just say it wasn't John Elway, it wasn't the front office, it, did, it was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, and like look at look at these draft classes. <laughs> where where do you throw the Patriots in this? Is Bill Belichick the front the office? front office? Yeah, he doesn't have the title. Is he not head coach slash GM? He doesn't have the Mike Shanahan treatment. Nope, they have a GM. It's a guy does that any, the Texans tried to pull. Does anyone know his name? Uh, it's the guy the Texans tried to pull. Eric something? <laughs> no, I don't think it's Eric. Eric Caratini? He has about the worst 
just the most like bland looking picture online you could ever imagine. And I think there's only one. The Patriots probably took every other picture of him down. Just that's a very Patriot thing to do. I guess then no. Well, does he get credit? How long has he been there? I think he's been there a while. I've never heard his name until the Texans thing. Because I mean, it is Bill Belichick, and uh, if you're going on, the Patriots have to be one. But what if you don't consider Bill in that front office? He's not even like this. The GM guy isn't even considered like part of the circle. Right. Like, no, he's not. Well, what is the circle? Just Tom it's and Tom, Bill. Bill and Robert Kraft. Right, right. Remember oh, that that's whole right. like yep, power yep, yep. struggle article? Yep. That fool's name didn't even get mentioned in that once. <laughs> that fool. I got I got to look up what this fool's name is. Patriots GM. Here he we go. He might as well be part of the Papal and Trust. Like he's just collecting a paycheck for doing nothing. Maybe I just okay, here we go. I looked it up. Google it pops it pops up Bill Belichick. Under it it says de facto it's, he's not. He's not the GM. It's, I thought the guy the Texans were trying to pull was like some, like senior personnel advisor or some BS title. Maybe, yeah. I guess he's not technically the GM. Wow, this is. So what is his? Patriots front office. Or just type in Patriots Texans tampering. Here we go. All right. So you have. Nick Casario. I was pretty close, Eric. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) This picture. Let me see the picture. Oh, man. (laughs) Yep, you were right on that. He looks like Bill Belichick is in the corner of the room making sure he's not doing, like, not smiling or not frowning. He doesn't doesn't know what to do in this picture. Bill's like, you better not mess up the expression. (laughs) He's the director of player personnel. So he's Matt Russell. Exactly. There is no GM. So So why don't they just give Bill Belichick the GM title? I don't know. Is that part of the power trip? For who? Robert For Kraft? Yeah. Which wouldn't make sense. Make any sense. No. Maybe they don't want to pay they don't want to pay him more? Would they have to pay him more if they did that? Yeah, imagine they're already paying him whatever. Yep, Bill Belichick's strictly head coach. Official title is head coach. I guess um, it's like Sean McVay, right? He's head coach. He's not head coach slash offensive coordinator, but they don't have an offensive coordinator. Right, right. But do they not have an offensive coordinator? Uh-uh. Uh, Zach Taylor was like the de facto offensive right. coordinator, but he was just the but quarterback's the, coach. Right, okay. Yep, yep. And I don't. another thing, I don't get why you wouldn't just give him that title just for, for his own personal benefit. That one, that one money, has to probably. be money. Yep, yeah, exactly. All right, last one here comes in from hashtag course. 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 <laughs> hey, guys, longtime subscriber and first-time commenter. Has there ever been talk of a collaboration between you guys, AJ, Drew, and Harrison? I would love to hear you debate on which of the big four teams in Denver currently have within their respective league the strongest front office, coaching staff, roster, etc., and who you believe will be the next one to hoist a trophy in Denver. With these three teams in their offseason now, it could be cool to get all of your perspectives in one spot. Thanks, as always, for the great stories and content. Well, hashtag cores. I feel like you must have been <laughs> sitting in on one of our recent company meetings or something because this has been discussed. And I think a little bit of patience will make you very happy. Mm, I like that teaser out there. And, man, I'll tell you what. If, like, we come to the table at this and we're arguing on behalf of each of our teams, it's just going to get so frustrating for the other teams when – 
we can fall back on. Ah, got that ring. Got that ring. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we all, they have championship traditions. So. Right. Um, and that's just, it's so annoying when that happens in conversation, but it's true. I think the, the, the right way to do it though, is like, you don't like, if we, we don't have to argue on behalf right, of the Broncos. Right. Right. I was saying if that's kind of the format, it's right. such an easy thing to fall back like on. We're like Jeff leg walding it. Right. We have to like sit <laughs> yeah. and represent the Broncos, even though we don't have a direct connection to them. Wear a suit. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the comments. So I believe that is also the end of the podcast. That's it. Feel better. All right, we'll be back on Monday. I think I'll be good by then. I hope so. This podcast actually made me feel a lot better. <laughs> Don't I sound better now than I did? You do. You really do. Maybe it's that or all the medication I <laughs> pounded before we started this thing. All right, have a great weekend, and we'll catch back up with you guys on Monday. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 